stamped on it. What's I that? Love I love those. Yeah, they're pretty. I have never shot one before. Now, what is this? Mike Pappas Green, did you wear? This, so this is at Red October. I went down to go see him okay. um, uh, and at his booth to try, you know, see his latest and greatest and stuff. We had already talked up at my place. I wanted to just go do the do the circuit, talk to the people, that kind of thing. And he smiles at me. You know, he's probably, I think, let's imagine that he has a cigarette gritted in the side of his teeth. And uh, he's got his wraparound sunglasses on and his big bald head. And he sort of says out of the other side of his mouth as he hands this, this M16 to me, welcome to the rice paddy, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I didn't get his voice right, but you guys know what I mean. That sort of just Doonesbury kind of, He's a Doonesbury character is what he is, and he's amazing. He's like a surfer, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. He's he's like the the most unstoned stone dude that I've met in a long time. It's great. He's so well, funny. <laughs> I think he's I think I don't know. I mean like dude, like I I'm fully an East Coaster. You know what I mean? So to me that that's just what left coast sounds like. You know, so I just figured I just figured he's from California or something. Nah, he's from Utah, and they don't talk like that there. Not a lot of Weird. bitches in Utah. <laughs> uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Is my camera dark on your end? There we go. I think I got it. Not back. really. Yeah. So you can see all my. Oh no! someday I'll someday I'll have a desk at home. <laughs> oh, you know, I kind of like the. Uh, yeah, the lack of equipment that you got there. That's pretty good. No, I think it sucks. Yeah. I think you need to get with the times, Jay. Come on, son. <laughs> I actually have a very, very analog house, man. I have a very analog house. Okay. But, uh, you know, it's, it, uh, you know, for really no, I mean, like, no amazing reason, really. I mean, like, you know, my wife's all up my ass to get a ring and, you know, and she's like, I can't believe that you're so security focused and you and, and we don't have any motion or any cameras. And I'm like, honey, I'm really security focused. So we don't have any motion or any cameras. <laughs> e -e -e right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we installed a ring over here and I'm about to rip it out because they're giving those feeds to the feds. Yeah. So, yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. They just give them, um, um, it, it's almost like open source too. They're just like, oh man, you want that? Yeah, that's cool. So I was here, it, uh, let me make this tangent like as short as possible. One of my super nerd buddies who does tech security stuff, he's like, if you don't mind, they're great. He goes, but if you know, um, you kind of don't want it. And yep. he's like, he's like, but he goes, it's really quite simple to um, close off the connectivity to the server so that um, you can just have it do what you want it to do. Hey, Jay, stop, because this is good. This is good content. I'm recording. <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> I'm rec I was going to say, uh, do you guys mind uh, if I use this because I'm recording? I, I mean, this is good shit. Uh, I, no, I it's totally cool. So... The, the long and short, the, let, me, let me get back on track. Um, so it, it, if you just want your doorbell to be able to access or, or have, you know, have that video access on your phone, just like, you know, 
as it's advertised. Um, it's it's my current understanding that if you're running some variety of um, you know, and I'm not a super I'm not a super nerd. I, I I rely on nerds to do my things for me because you know I'm kind of anti technology in many many ways um, because of its invasiveness. So I'll use it on my terms voluntarily. Um, so with that caveat, um, my. My nerd homie is um, is claiming that with appropriate uh, virtual private networks run at your home, you can get all of the features without any of the deficiencies of your individual freedom. Yeah, I don't know how much I trust VPNs either. Yeah, you know, well, I have a... Um I have a good buddy who is a um, internet security. He does penetrate network penetration testing, and is a super nerd. And um, his hobby, if you can believe it, is to buy home security systems and hack them and learn how to gain access to your network through them. And um, I asked him for recommendations on hard to penetrate security cameras and he didn't have any suggestions and oh, he said that that the that the the wi-fi connected household um is is really insecure and um, sure it 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 gives me great pauses to what we do um and i don't have any of that at my house for those same privacy concerns you know the the amazon what the heck's it called? Alexa. Alexa, I've got oh, one of those too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You know, no. that damn thing no, will just go it, off for no reason sometimes. Well, it, it it's been absolutely proven that they're recording what's being said, and um, I don't think that we should trust those corporations to have our best interests at heart by any stretch. No, I don't uh, either. They're selling our information. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, you yeah, have, you could be having a conversation with somebody you in your home and you have that Alexa thing and then you go do a, a, a browser search or something and then what you were talking about pops up on your browser. Yeah, sure. Sure. Well, um, there's that and and um I'm I'm not quite sure if it's just a story or if it actually happened or not, but I believe there was a domestic disturbance and or, or it seemed like there was a domestic disturbance and uh, and that's what Alexa triggered on and notified uh, 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 no notified the police department, and mm -hmm. they and they showed up. And I'm not, I'm not sure if that was hyperbole, or if um, yeah, that was a happened. legit story. Well, you, you should go I mean? to that but, website. What's it called? Uh, you, you can go and see if stuff's fact or not. What's it called? I hope you don't mean Snopes. Snopes, yeah, yeah. That, Snopes. Yeah, man, because I, I dude, like Snopes is not. Like legit at all? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't figure it was. Uh, I mean, it's no. politically driven, just like everything else, no doubt. But this is a perfect like a segue of, into the uh, the first episode of the Talking Lead podcast for 2020 Leadheads. So, welcome into the podcast. This is episode 331. So we ended on a good note uh, in 2019 for TLP 330 where we talked about the, the new Glock 44, their new 22LR. We had our good buddy Rob Manning on, and uh, Rob has written uh, a book. Um, I think it's called the Glock Reference Guide 2nd Edition. Uh, 
So if you guys uh, didn't have an opportunity to get that as a stocking stuffer or a gift, uh, you can still go get that at Amazon and uh, still makes a good uh, a good gift or just something for uh, for yourself if you're a big Glock guy like me. Uh, but we, like I said, we talked about the 22 LR. We talked about the pros, the cons. Uh, you know, some of the stuff circulating out on the the interwebs about it. So if you didn't listen to that show, make sure you go back check it out uh, because we were also doing. Uh, a little giveaway that was tied in with that episode. So uh, obviously, if you're going to be going back and listen to it now, you're too late because we're going to be announcing the winner of that uh, contest that we had with Rob on this episode. And as you just heard my guest talking, uh, I just started the recording button when we uh, we got on Skype here because I knew there was going to be some golden nuggets. So I just thought I'd let it run there. A little different intro than uh, what you're normal, normally used to for the Talking Lead podcast. But I'll go ahead and introduce our guest in case you didn't recognize their voice. Uh, they're no strangers to the show. Uh, we've got uh, our good buddy and sponsor of the AK Corner. We've got Brian Keeney with Occam Defense. Brian, welcome in. Super happy to be here with some really smart dudes. So thanks for having me. Yes, sir. And uh, Happy New Year to you guys. And appreciate you... Uh, kicking off my 2020, the first episode of 2020, the Talking Lead Show with me. Uh, also joining us, uh, and I guess he is kind of he is new to the show. Uh, he's not new to us in our circle, but uh, I'm going to let you introduce our our guest, Brian. Well, I've known uh, Jay from League of Pirates for several years now. He was one of the first people that I met, kind of in the in the gun culture. Um, that that knew a, a, a ton about AKs um, and also a lot about liberty and uh, the non-aggression principle and some other sort of libertarian um, concepts that I've been been interested in for a good deal of, of time. My my journey towards the gun culture um, came when I r- realized uh, brought a, a bunch of links together that um, that nobody was in charge of my safety but me. You know, people typically think about that the police are there to protect them individually. Mm -hmm. And that is not the case. You know, nobody in government is really there to protect you as an individual. You know, it's it's about serving the community and that's great. But when it hits the fan, you know, if there's a hurricane, FEMA will tell you right on their website, don't plan on us coming, have food. (laughs) And um, I had enough I had enough uh, violent encounters um in california where i was living where i used to just run away and then when i had kids i couldn't run anymore and so i realized it was up to me and that those kids were depending on me and so that sort of journey towards individualism and um self-preservation yeah self-preservation and all that and uh so started talking with jay and realized that he knew a whole lot more about that than i did and about the origins of this thing called the non-aggression principle which is basically that it's wrong to hurt people or take their stuff and that you can use as much force as necessary ethically to stop a threat and um that if everybody acted that way we would have utopia and of course we'll never have that but it's a pretty darn good direction to head in. And when he founded League of Pirates, I was super excited because the content he was putting out was all of this great. Um, <laughs> he, he, the way he speaks is great. He's kind of a stand-up comedian in some sense, and that you'll be hearing him. He's from New England as well. He'll be just rapping like like a normal 
normal New England guy, and then he'll go real talk and uh, with with his, his Florida his Florida roots. And so I love hearing him talk about ethics and AKs and uh, sticking it to the man. And uh, so that that'll be my intro for Jay here. Very good, Jay. League of Pirates, welcome into the Talking Lead podcast, brother. Well, I'm totally humbled by that introduction. Um, thank you, Brian. Um, greatly appreciate all them kind words. Um, Marty, thank you for having me. Um, uh, truly a pleasure to finally come on board and talk a little bit of stuff and and do our thing and spread our message. Yeah, man. And uh, we've been talking about this for a while, and I thought the, the timing was perfect. Why not have you to kick off our 2020 season? This is actually season seven of the uh, Talking Lead podcast, so uh, we're very excited about that. Uh, actually, December uh, marked our seventh year in podcasting, and uh, this is our first show for 2020, and I couldn't think of a better group of guys to have on and a better uh, topic or subject to talk about to really kick it off, and uh, we're going to get into that, and we're going to talk about everything that the League of Pirates is about. And, and Jay, and we're going to have a good time with that. But first, it is time for the first jack wagon train of the 2020 season. So, Gunny, bring that train in. Hoorah, simplified do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week. So, brace yourself, baby. All right. So, the train has stationed, and it's been a while. I took some, some time off, guys, between... Uh, the last episode in this episode, I just needed to get my batteries recharged, give everybody an opportunity to get caught up on the, the podcast that they were behind on. The holiday season's really put everybody behind on on everything, so I understand that. I hope you guys uh, understand uh, that as well, And uh, but we're going to be cranking out the episodes left and right, especially with SHOT Show coming up. Uh, we've got that coming up this month, end of this month. So uh, it's probably going to be this episode, the AK Corner. We're going to have episode four of the AK Corner coming up before SHOT Show. And maybe one other episode of our regularly scheduled, regularly scheduled program. Uh, but when SHOT Show comes, you guys know that we'll be just kicking them out left and right. Lots of great interviews lined up. We're going to be at the Buck Knives booth again this year. Uh, the official lead quarters of the Talking Lead podcast is Buck Knives. And then also sponsoring us this year, we've got Mission First Tactical. We've got some great swag that we're going to be giving out to you lead heads that are going to be there, our guests of the, the show they are going to be there. We've got some custom knives that we're going to have engraved from Buck Knives and Mission First Tactical. And uh, as you heard over the holiday season, our tactical wallets and dump trays with uh, our special Talking Lead logos and the AK Corner logos on there. Uh, and then also this year, Twisted X. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Twisted X or not, but they are a boot company. They make footwear, uh, very good high-end footwear, boots, hikers, uh, different kind of shoes like that. Uh, so we welcome Twisted X as an official sponsor of the Talking Lead for the 2020 SHOT Show. Actually, the the official footwear, guys, of Talking Lead. So we're going to be sporting Twisted X boots uh, while we're there. So make sure, uh, Brian and Jay, that you check out my feet <laughs> while we're, we're at the show there. Uh, 
and then Dipstick Hydrographics. Uh, we're going to have T-shirts, custom-made T-shirts with uh, the 2020 SHOT Show um, and buck knives. Uh, they're going to look really nice. So Danny over at Dipstick is hooking us up with some really cool uh, T-shirts there. So it's going to be a great SHOT Show. Like I said, lots of stuff coming up, lots of interviews. Um, we, we never fall short with content when we go to SHOT Show. So we're looking forward to that. And Brian, as we were talking earlier, uh, was talking with Adam at uh, Century Arms, the presenting sponsor of the Talking Lead AK Corner. Um, we're going to do a special episode of the AK Corner while we're there also. Awesome. Look forward to it. Yeah, man. Uh, and Brian has been really instrumental in helping me with the AK Corner this year. So uh, if you guys have been really enjoying the episodes, Brian uh, is a big key factor to that. So make sure you go show Occam Defense some love and let Brian know uh, how much you've been enjoying the, the shows this season, season two of the Talking Lead AK Corner. Well, thanks. That's kind of you to say. Well, you know, I'm kind of a kind guy when I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I don't say shit unless it's true. <laughs> So let's get into our jack wagons, all that just to, to get into our jack wagons. And I'm going to kick it off with uh, one of our lead heads here. We're going to go to Jeffrey Haddocks. And Jeffrey Haddocks sends this link in, and I hope I sent it to you guys. This is Memphis Top Cop wants to ban all handguns from cars in the city. So this is in Tennessee. And in Tennessee... Uh, it is legal to carry a, a firearm in your car without a carry permit because it is considered an extension of your domicile, of your home, uh, and that doesn't require you to have a special license from, for that. So it goes that's on a, say, that, go, go ahead. That, 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 that's a Castle Doctrine extension there? That too. <laughs> yes. Uh, Memphis Police Department Director Michael Rawlings would really like to ban handguns from cars in the crime-ridden city, but Tennessee has a robust state uh, preemption law, so he's appealing to Shelby County state legislators for help. The legislative delegation members are the folks who could make changes, but they also know the gun lobby is powerful in the state capitol, and it's not likely that many lawmakers from other parts of Tennessee care about what Shelby County wants. Uh, it's going to be tough road to hoe, says the Shelby County State Representative Dwayne Thompson, Democrat, no surprise there, because there's the NRA and the Tennessee Firearms Association. I'm assuming they will push back if we submit it. Well, not just them, but just the citizens of the state are going to push back on that. I mean, it's, it's, it's very invasive of our, our freedoms and our rights, and I mean, this shouldn't even be a consideration. Uh, and this is going to get into some other things that we're going to talk about, some other states that are going through uh, some even more stringent uh, times with gun gun laws and, and uh, gun banning than, than Tennessee is. But, yes, definitely, uh, what is his name, Michael Rawlings, uh, Memphis Police Department. Welcome to the jack wagon train. So what about you guys? You got any jack wagons you want to throw on the train? Oh, how about Michael Bloomberg uh, saying that the guy, and forgive me, sir, for not remembering your name, um, but the gentleman in Texas who saved all those folks in that church and made a head, a beautiful headshot with a pistol from 
I don't know, 30, 40 feet, something like that. <laughs> and like just, just a freaking stud and, um, saying, you know, with, I think all sincerity that he did not wish to think of himself as a hero, that he doesn't take a life lightly and that he did what he needed to do to save lives. And that's all there is to it. Jack Which, Wilson, Jack Wilson. Thank you. Um, this guy is just awesome. And, um, Michael Bloomberg said that it was basically wrong of him to do that. And, uh, of course you he's going to say I, that. I mean, well, that doesn't fit his agenda, you know? It, 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 yeah, but, you know, sometimes it's, it's a good idea to shut up when, when it's not a good time to, to, to say something. And, but when uh, have, have any he, of those idiots ever, ever learned to shut their pie holes for anything that makes sense? You know? Well, yeah, I think that he's revealed himself to be every bit the threat to liberty that 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 folks have been saying, and so I think it's he's he's a really good candidate for, and he's he's also like, given his, the amount of dollars he has, he is a legitimate threat in the in the twenty twenty election, and oh, he absolutely and, is, and he's one of the main reasons Virginia's going through the the problems that they're going through right now, which we're going to talk about that. Well, good deal. Yeah, that's a good a good topic for sure. Yeah, that's a great topic, actually. Virginia <laughs> is something that everyone should be talking about right now, and we're going to talk about that, but not yet. <laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> so, yes, definitely, Michael Bloomberg. Uh, he's earned a permanent seat on the uh, talking lead jack wagon train. I mean, he's like on the 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 rails. You know, he's on our spokes. He's like the Grand Poobah, almost like the Grand Poobah of jack wagons it's like him and hillary and you know the clintons are just right there you know neck and neck so very good what about you jay you got a you got a jack wagon i most certainly do why don't we um bestow a, a special place on the throne for virginia state senator david marsden who got caught in his open mic at the commission meeting calling the uh calling our righteous brothers uh, the uh, of the Republic a bunch of uh, complaining children. Uh, he was... <laughs> he, okay. Yes, sir. Uh, so while he's there listening to the consent of the governed, um, he thought that it was actually more important to just stay quiet because if you ignore a screaming child, they calm down, as some of us parents will kind of sort of relate to children should be seen and not heard oh the, the old adage so there was a article that was released uh this afternoon that basically um rather than recanting his statement he doubled down on it ironically and said that he wished <laughs> that he had had the opportunity or taken the opportunity more correctly to address the crowd and express his disdain for their participation in their constitutional republic. Hmm. Wow. So his disdain mm -hmm. for them to exercise their first First Amendment rights and be, that's right. and be heard and him to actually listen because that's what his position is to do is to listen to his constituents. State senator, go figure. Supposed to listen besides talk? Hmm. Interesting. Shameful. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, that reminds me of at Bundy Ranch. They assembled a, a cordoned-off area that was a First Amendment zone. 
And that was where you were supposed to go to express your First Amendment right. Oh and my gosh. <laughs> that that, that kind of goes to the core of, I think, that's one of the, I think of LOP kind of being like at the center of a wagon wheel and there's a bunch of spokes going out. And just to clarify, uh, when, when Brian says LOP, we're talking about the League of Pirates. Yeah, sorry about that. That's, um, that's, we're not quite there for the uh, the abbreviation yet for our listeners, but we'll get there. Well, yeah, they get it, get on the cool kid train for sure. That's right. Um, that's right. So, uh, you know, there one thing that is that definitely went out in the '70s after Vietnam protests was civics classes, and that was very much on purpose because politicians realized that it was really bad to have a bunch of well-educated young people that didn't want to tolerate bullshit. And um, one of the things that's not taught or that is taught is that rights are given by the government. And uh, that couldn't be further from the truth. And, um, you know, rights are, are either, depending on your religion, bestowed by God, or if you're a humanist, they are natural rights, meaning you can do whatever the heck you want. There are consequences sometimes. And, uh, you know, you'll have, you know, wastes of skin like this dude from, uh, from Virginia mm-hmm. that think that they have power over us in a way that is just completely inaccurate and incorrect. Right. And yeah, that's a, a, a real core of, I think, what, what League of Pirates has to offer is realizing that, that you have rights regardless of what a government says about them. Yeah, very good. And we're going to get into that. We're going to talk more, but we're going to get through this jack wagon train and our, and our Lead Head Brigade heroes. And our next one comes to us from Kenny Ortega. And I think we may have, I think we were like on the fence with this guy. But uh, I think there's probably no doubt now. But uh, Kenny says, Hi, Marty. A while back you asked for quotes from Stallone regarding guns. He is as elitist as they get. He has a concealed carry weapon in California, but feels that the masses shouldn't have guns, only the select few like himself. And then he gives a link here to uh, Stallone. And this is um, st- uh, studygrowknowledgeblog.com. Uh, you could probably just Google this and find it. Uh, just another Hollywood hypocrite elitist, and it just goes through, and I guess it talks about um, some quotes and things that he has made there. So uh, I was kind of, like I said, I was kind of on the fence with him before, where um, I thought that I had heard something in the past where he was uh, pro two A, pro you know everybody exercising their Second Amendment rights, but uh, I think this probably goes through and uh, contradicts that. So anyway. Uh, Probably not just for that, but for other reasons too. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's on the jack wagon train, so very good, very good nomination, uh, Kenny, and thank you for sending that in. And I appreciate you guys. When I ask for something, the leadheads jump in and they help me out. You know, if, if I'm stumped on something, they send me the answers. I love it. So our next one uh, was from uh, Kenneth McGee, and it was about the church shooting. So we just addressed that a little bit earlier. And then our next one comes to us from Jacob Rosecki. And Jacob says, Rose McGowan. And <laughs> I don't think I'm going to read oh, what, he, yeah. what he says. This is horrible. <laughs> he says this uh, T word, waffle, um, another word for a vagina. 
apologize to Iran for killing their general. Oh my gosh, like it's even her place to do that. Rose McGowan and John Cusack, oh my gosh, took to Twitter late Thursday and early Friday with harsh reactions to President Trump's order of the airstrike that killed Iran's top general, uh, Queef, uh, soul up in my manny. Of course, I, I mispronounced that on purpose. Cusack, 53, spared no time blasting Trump on Thursday night, letting his 1.6 million followers know that he deemed the president clueless for putting United States citizens in danger. I'm not even going to go through and read uh, these idiots' uh, remarks and comments. I mean, you know they're going to be just as uh, idiotic as these people are. I mean, most of these, these Hollywoodites have never even graduated high school, but yet they consider themselves... Uh, experts on political matters and uh, the way that people should live and, you know, to hell with them. So I'm not even going to read this and I'm going to say, yes, Rose McGowan. And I, I love John Cusack, man. Uh, but I'm not surprised that he's, um, an elitist leftist as well. So welcome to the Jack Wagon train to Rose and to John Cusack. I'm just kind of scamming through here and seeing if there was anything worth reading. It was repugnantly ignorant. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm not even going to dignify it. But, yes, good uh, nominations there, Jacob. And Jacob, uh, hopefully he's going to be at SHOT Show. Jacob's always, uh, him and Dooley uh, are my men on the street helping me out at SHOT Show, tracking down the latest and greatest cool products and uh, innovations at SHOT Show and bringing them to you guys. So hopefully uh, they're going to be there again this year. Uh, who else we got? Am I missing? We got several. Uh, like I said, I had a lot to get caught up on while we were gone. Did you guys have any more? Oh, here we go. Let's talk about this one. So this is one uh, that I'm going to uh, put on the jack wagon train. Uh, and this is in Florida. Teacher is charged with battery after throwing student out of class. And just to summarize it, there was a student. He's a 14-year-old student that uh, I guess they were, I don't know what they were doing on the computers, but he was playing music. And the teacher asked him to turn it down or put in his earbuds or something like that. Uh, and the kid did it for a minute, but then he uh, undid it, turned it back up, started getting loud. And I guess he was singing also. He was rapping, dis disrupting the class, basically, being a, uh, a punk. And uh, the teacher went to turn his volume down, and the kid smacked his hand away. So uh, the teacher's like, all right, you know, whatever. And he started to walk away. And I think the kid called him a cracker or something like that. And the teacher is like Samoan. <laughs> He's not even white. Uh, and uh, he'd had enough of it. He grabbed the kid, picked him up out of his seat, and carried him across the room and uh, put him out in the hall, I guess. And, of course, his parents raised hell. Um, teacher got suspended. And uh, they're investigating the whole the whole episode now. Now, I'm sure this guy's probably going to lose Of course his... they are. What's that? Of course they are. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that the teacher's going to lose his job. And there'll probably be some sort of lawsuit. And these people will probably get some sort of out-of-court settlement. Ridiculous. And of course, there's you know cell phones all over that videoed this. 
uh, and all they videoed was the aftermath. They didn't video the stuff that happened beforehand. Unfortunately, no, because that wasn't that, that that wasn't cool for the Snapchat. Didn't uh, yeah, it didn't uh, complete their narrative. Didn't support their narrative. So there's probably video of it, but nobody uh, is showing that. So there's our jack wagons. Uh, there's several more, but I want to thank all you leadheads for sending those in. I apologize again for not getting to these sooner, but uh, we've got Jeffrey Haddix. We've got uh, George Bacanegra, uh, and George is our, our good buddy leadhead. He spells his name with a J, J-O-R-G-E. Alan Leggy, Kenny Ortega, uh, of course, Kenneth H. McGee, Jacob Rosecki, Pierce Taylor. Uh, thank you all. Uh, and Alan uh, has another nominee from Memphis. Uh, and basically, I'm just going to kind of skim through his email here. It says, I have a nomination for the Jack Wagon Train, though this isn't known outside Memphis. I think it does merit some attention. Recently, one of the county commissioners, Tammy Sawyer, proposed a resolution to ban gun shows in county-owned buildings, which would be any venue big enough to hold the events, uh, stating that gun shows, in quote, are the antithesis of promoting public safety and community peace and harmony. She has since recalled her proposal resolution after extreme public backlash. I'm kind of shocked that there was backlash for that in Memphis, but thank goodness. While Memphis, like most big cities, tends to have higher crime rates and is a blue city, still is pro-gun and has self-defense in mind. So several things going on there in Memphis. And uh, we gotta got to be vigilant. we got to keep our ears to the ground and got to be active, got to be proactive. Can't be reactive to this stuff uh, as Virginia is finding out. Uh, and we're going to talk about Virginia still coming up. But uh, let's get that jack wagon train out of here, and we want to honor some heroes. So our first hero for the Lead Force One is from Kenneth H. McGee. And he said, I'd like to nominate Congressman Thomas Massey as a hero on Lead Force One. Been following him on social media since he joined Congress, and he puts out the bad stuff with no dressing on what Congress is doing every week. Please, everyone, follow him on Facebook. So he's got a Facebook page there, so I guess he's uh, just putting stuff out live there for everybody to see uh, as it's happening. This is a uh, congressman out of Kentucky. So if you guys want to follow Thomas Massey, go check him out on Facebook. Sounds like he's doing some some good stuff. So uh, I know Brian has some uh, heroes that he wants to throw on Lead Force One. What about you, Jay? You got any heroes you want to throw on Lead Force One? Um, yeah, it's actually not an individual and, 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 you know, I wish it was, but I, I haven't, um, I've reached out to them, but haven't, uh, gotten a direct personal message back, but they're super busy. Um, are the good folks at the Virginia citizens defense league? Uh, they're, they're doing amazing work. They're really busy. Um, and if you're not subscribed to their newsletter, I would highly encourage everybody to do so. It doesn't it doesn't really matter whether or not you live in Virginia or not, because as far as Virginia is concerned, as a as a uh, greater problem, uh, we are all Virginians. So absolutely uh, paying paying attention to what is going on there is uh, important. And that's the Virginia uh, Citizens Defense League. Is that what you said? 
That is correct. So that is what that's how I was going to kind of lead into this. So since you brought it up, uh, Tactical Walls, uh, you guys know Tim from Tactical Walls? Tim Matter? Indeed. Okay. Indeed. Yeah, Tim is a friend of the show, been on it several times. Uh, of course, his alter ego, uh, Rob Boss, <laughs> has, has been on a few times, made a couple of uh, appearances. Uh, but he writes this. says, a word from our founder. This is from Tactical Walls. Attention all gun owners of all states. As I'm sure you all are aware of the state of Virginia, where we are currently located, is gearing up to go off the deep end with the new proposed legislation. The pending legislation seeks to stomp all over the constitutionally protected rights of gun owners in Virginia. If you are wondering how we got into this mess and how this has escalated so quickly, I will tell you that it is because for far too long people have not been paying attention to the issues in their states. Learn from our mistakes here. Our distracted populace has allowed out-of-state money from Michael Bloomberg to greatly affect the political landscape of our commonwealth. Citizens stayed home when they should have voted, and now the incoming lawmakers are wasting no time to reveal their agenda. Uh, and then he goes on. It says, in recent weeks, I've already seen where other states are closely watching Virginia with the hopes to follow suit with their own restrictive gun laws. And I can tell you, man, if, if this stuff gets passed in Virginia, there will be hand over fist states that will want to copy what they're doing. He says, I implore anyone who is reading this to do your own research. What we're going to talk about, critical thinking. Uh, look into the legislation proposed in Virginia as well as your own localities. The verbiage and vagueness of many of these bills will be devastating, and if they are allowed to be passed, they will set a horrific precedent moving forward, opening the door to even more reckless laws and regulations. With a few strokes of a pen, Virginia will create hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of felons out of her law-abiding citizens. Citizens who are for their entire life have been doing nothing but work hard to provide for themselves and their families, who has given so much to their communities, who have flat out created their own hands, the down-home country appeal that Virginia touts when it says Virginia is for lovers. In my experience, Virginia has always been a great place to live, to play, and to be free. That is the Virginia that we all know and love. If you are from Virginia, or even if you're not, but you can make it to Lobby Day at the Capitol in Richmond on January the 20th. I implore you to do so. Show the lawmakers that we will not sit and ignore them as they seek to strip away and abort our constitutional rights. Uh, so he goes on and talks a little bit more about that, but definitely, uh, if any of you leadheads are in Virginia or if you can make it out there January the 20th, course that's during shot show and all of us are going to be at shot show uh, but i'm sure this is going to be one of the uh, forefront topics during shot show so uh you, i guarantee you that yeah absolutely you, right not heard the last of this lead heads and we'll keep you posted um but definitely go uh, go support tim uh, in his message here and uh, it's a great company too they make great products tactical walls i love their products um Really cool stuff. They've got that uh, concealment furniture that they make, and we've talked about it, that before, and we've had them on the show. So definitely, um, these guys, Virginia, 
the people that are putting up the good fight there deserve a spot on Lead Force One. Uh, and uh, specifically, Virginia Citizens Defense League. So good call there, Jay. Yes, sir. Brian, now you've got some some interesting some interesting heroes uh, is is what I'll call them. Uh, we're going to go back because, like I tell you, just like Jack Wagons, there's no expiration date on on Jack Wagons. We can go back years and, and capture Jack Wagons. Same thing for our heroes, people who have been overlooked in history. Uh, and Brian's going to talk about some of those right now. Yeah, so for whatever reason, I've always had kind of a, um, and I do mean always, I try not to use that word, but <clears throat> from my earliest memories, I've, I've kind of um, been a bleeding heart for the underdog, for the people that are getting kicked around. And I, I don't think that's uncommon for those of us in the gun culture. You know, we've taken it upon ourselves to make sure that we protect ours. And, um, you know, I carry a gun now more to protect others if possible than for myself, um, though that's obviously important as well. Um, and uh, they, I've kind of collected over the last few years um, some some heroes from World War One that were very, or sorry, World War II that were, were quite unlikely. Um, one of them that I heard about first that kind of got me onto this path is this, it was, it was kind of a fake, it, it had some fake news aspect to it. It was a sort of a chain email from when those were hip in the, the mid 2000 aughts. And it's this lady named Irena Sendlerowska or Sendlerowa and in Irena, I-R-E-N-E, I-R-E-N-A-S-E-N-D-L-E-R, Irena Sendler is her her sort of English name, and there's a nice Wikipedia treatment on her. Um, I'm not sure about all the stories and which ones are true and which ones aren't. The first story that I heard was that she was a, a Gentile, a non-Jew uh, in Warsaw, and uh, in World War II, the Nazis rounded up all the Jews and put them in a, uh, a ghetto, and they walled off this part of the city, and they eventually killed everybody that they could in there and then lit it on fire. And there was this Gentile lady that would come in. And one story that I've heard about her is that she would smuggle babies out in, um, she was working in some sort of a maintenance task and would smuggle babies out in her pickup truck in the bottom, like false bottoms of toolkits yeah. or, and like five-year-olds in sacks. And, uh, the other story is that she was a social worker who went in and forged papers for Jewish kids to get them out. And she eventually got caught in either both stories that I've heard. Same deal. She gets caught by the Nazis, gets tortured, um, really badly, uh, injured, you know, crippled for life. Mm -hmm. And, um, on the day of her execution there, somebody got bribed and they let her out the back door, the sort of, um, Gentile resistance organization. Um, and she, like I said, she was crippled for life, but was a, you know, tough old broad. And I think she died in the early aughts and, uh, there's no Nobel peace prize for this woman and hardly anybody knows her name. And, uh, the fact that Obama got a, a peace prize for doing nothing, I said, I think says more about the sham that is the Nobel peace prize <laughs> than, uh, than anything else. But this lady, everybody know her name. And, uh, what we do around here is I've, I've named all the computers at Occam. Um, there's labels on them and we name them after these different people because I really care a lot that everybody knows the story of these people. And, you know, there ought to be statues for them. 
and she's not yeah. she's only one bunch there's one other lady um there's actually two that kind of go together there's zivia lubetkin and uh kazik rotem and um they're easy to find on actually on our instagram page if you on occam defense's instagram you'll see um if you scroll through if you look for black and white pictures you'll see stories about these folks but um the sewers of of warsaw the nazis had a hard time sealing them off and these guys would get down in the sewer and they would uh they basically knife a nazi or use like some whatever they could club a nazi to get his gun and then they'd use that gun to kill more nazis and get more guns and pretty soon they had a little army and these these were warriors, but they weren't fighters. You know, these were just everyday people. And they would run around in these filthy sewers and, uh, yeah, and kill fascists, which I can't think of a better thing to do with one's time. And, uh, <laughs> well, especially back then. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. I would fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, the Nazis got wise to these folks and started gassing, putting poison gas down in the sewers. And so a bunch of these folks died in a pretty awful way, but they died a hero's death. And uh, for all those that we don't know the names of, there's a ton of good people um, that that went down in an ugly way, but but they were dead heroes. And uh, James yeah. Yeager talked a lot about that. When it when it's your time, you can be a live coward, a dead coward, or a live hero, or a dead hero. And either a live hero or a dead hero is infinitely better than either of the cowards. And uh, so these Great. folks are amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And let's say their names again. You got uh, Zaviva Lubkin. You've got uh, Zivia Lubetkin. Okay. I'll let you say and, the names. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so Zivia Lubetkin and then Kazik. K- his his war name was Kazik, K-A-Z-I-K, um, which I so want to name one of our guns after, but I don't, I don't have enough time to make more models yet, but, but he's a badass. And, um, then there's, uh, Irene, Irena Sendlerawa is the first one, the lady that smuggled all the, she saved like 1500 kids or something before she got caught like crazy brave woman. You know what that reminds uh, me of? And, uh, and they may have based based this character, you know, somewhere between her and maybe some of these other ladies. But have, have you heard of that show? It's called The Handmaid's Tale. I've heard of it. I haven't watched it because it's apparently a pretty leftist, you know, kind of kind of deal. But but if if it's good, I'm I'm down to watch anything. No, I think you would very much appreciate it because it's fighting uh, against ideals like like that. Um, but but anyway, the main character. Uh, she was doing a lot of stuff like what you're talking about that these ladies did too. So it oh, just, that's awesome. yeah, it just reminded me uh, when you were telling her story um, about that TV show. But uh, go ahead. So, so, so there's there's one last one that I got to give you, and uh, there's a movie apparently coming out. I haven't tracked it down yet. I think it's still in production about the Overstegen sisters. I think they might have been Dutch. I might screw this part up. It doesn't really matter. They were brave young women um, in Europe. And uh, they would make a game of seducing Nazis to go uh, have sex in the woods. And then they would shoot him in the face. And uh, <laughs> there is nothing more metal and awesome than that. And uh, so the one that I know about is Freddie Overstegen. And mm-hmm. uh, she, she used to shoot Nazis off of their bicycles. And like, <laughs> you, you can't make this stuff up. It's too awesome. And so... 
you know, in an age where, where heroes like, you know, where you've got the Kardashians are today's heroes, like, like, or whoever, right. Makes me sick. Yeah. Yeah. And, And people think that, you know, there's this horrible thing that, um, what only one third of millennials know what Auschwitz was mm-hmm. and, um, and yet they call everybody else Nazis. And so, and the, as sort of a tangent, you know, Joe Rogan likes to talk about history in terms of how long people live. He'll say like country was founded three people ago. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, this is less than one person ago that all this stuff happened. This is yesterday. And so these are not, Abstract. Yeah, this lady just died um, September 5th, 2018. Yeah, yeah. These are our grandparents, yeah, right? Yeah, this, this, not, this was yesterday in history or yeah. five minutes ago in history. So these people are very much still relevant. Yeah, so Freddie Overstegen, uh, and you guys can, can Google that name. It's O-V-E-R-S-T-E-E-G-E-N. Um, she was a Dutch communist resistance member during the occupation of the Netherlands in World War II. Uh, it said she had uh, an older sister, which was Truss Minger over Stegen. She and her family lived on a barge. Oh, my gosh. Uh, before the war, the Overstegen family harbored people from Lithuania in the hold of their ship, uh, hidden, obviously, after the divorce of her parents. Uh, she was raised by her mother who taught her communist principles. She moved from the barge to a small apartment. Uh, her mother's, uh, her mother would later remarry and give birth to her half brother. The family lived in poverty, obviously. I mean, everybody back in those days, uh, did, but yeah, I mean, there's a good story here about her and uh, I'm sure there's a lot more. Like you said, there's probably a movie coming out that we said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm sure looking forward to that because it'll get people excited about, you know, people start the way it happened for me is I heard about one, I heard about Irena. And then in, in there, I, I jumped to the next one and the next one, and the next one. And so you can kind of hopscotch and find a bunch. Of, I'm sure there's a bunch I don't know about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we can give Freddie a pass on her communist principles there because, uh, yeah, yeah, she stacked body. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, um, uh, Tarantino does that movie. Uh, that could be really cool. Yeah, that would be yeah. really cool. That'd be awesome. So it yeah, somebody that, that 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 can make it vivid. And uh, yeah, so yeah, definitely uh, deserving uh, spots on Lead Force One, Lead Head Brigade Heroes. Uh, and it's never too late to to nominate uh, or bring to light you know a hero. So if you uh, Lead Heads out there have heroes you want to nominate. Send uh, your nominations to talkingleadgmail.com and put in the subject uh, Lead Force One or either Lead Head Brigade Hero, something like that, so I know what it is. And, of course, on the converse of that uh, are Jack Wagons. Um, just put in the subject Jack Wagon. Uh, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. So very good. Um, I said, well, that, that took a lot longer than uh, probably our normal shows, but we had a lot of catching up to do. Uh, so very good Jack Wagon Train and Lead Force One, guys. So now we want to talk about LOP, Brian and Jay, the League of Pirates. So um, I guess uh, I saw the League of Pirates. It was brought to my attention probably, it's been less than a year ago. Uh, 
just months ago. So how long have you been doing the League of Pirates? And then, uh, Jay, talk about, obviously, the concept and the principles behind uh, the League of Pirates. And talk about yourself sure. as much uh, as you want to. Uh, again, you know, I, I understand your situation. So. All right. Well, actually, I'll tell you what. That's, a, that's probably actually a good place to start, and then I'll work it in. Um, as far as I'm concerned, my role in the League of Pirates is fairly insignificant. Um, League of Pirates is not me, and it's not the people that contribute to the website or the gram or the Facebook, really. League of Pirates is, is all of us. We are all a part of the League of Pirates. So my role is insignificant. The League of Pirates is an idea, and, and that idea reaches out over the abyss and essentially just screams, leave me the fuck alone. Um, <laughs> I didn't come up with that. <laughs> but, yeah. Right? I didn't invent that. It's just something that I've identified with since I was a really young kid. And the older that I get, the more I identify with that. And it, and that's basically where we live there. Um, League of Pirates was started as a social media device so that I could essentially share information that, that continued from uh, classes and seminars that I teach locally. Um, I, I wasn't operating a website at the time and didn't have any interest in doing that. Um, so I, I figured that I could start a Facebook page and anything that was relevant to my curriculums, I could post there so that people could continue learning. And, right, and you and you talk about classes and you talk about learning. What are you what are you teaching? What's what's the core here? What it, well, we, other we than leave forward, me the fuck alone, what right? does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, that unto itself is is kind of a separate thing. Um, sure, sure. But the uh, the types of classes that I was teaching was uh, 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 various types of pistol classes, various carbine classes. Um, some rifle classes, um, some introduction to uh, uh, preparation. Okay. Um, so wh whereas you, um, um, just a mild example of that is that you, um, where I live in a hurricane zone, um, you have a bunch of, you, you, you have a, a great population that will run out to the Home Depot about 20 minutes after they get their hurricane warning and go buy a whole bunch of shit that they have no idea how to use. And just expect it to be there, too. Expect uh, it to and, be and, there, yeah, expect it to be in stock. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it, it's all good. I'll go run to the grocery store. I'll go get me a couple bottles of water and, you know, some Doritos and, you know, maybe a couple cans of tuna fish, a Sterno, and... Um, you know, a handle, a jack, and you know, I'm square. Life is good. Yeah. Uh, life is good. Just enough right? for just I, enough to to get me by until somebody can come save me. Uh, theor yeah, theoretically, I mean, you know, I, I you know, if if you want to think so, 
Yeah. Um, right. Exactly. So, that, that's my I, point. Yeah. If you want to think that. Yeah. Right. What happened was, is that I began getting approached to instruct some suburbanites on practical preparations that they can do year long so that they can mitigate their risk during storm season, mm -hmm. which then transitioned into how can I mitigate risk against violent threats during those same time periods? Mm -hmm. And th that just sort of turned into a thing that I started teaching fairly regularly. And that was essentially the types of course material that... So more along the lines uh, of prepping for your area, for the type of uh, disasters that happen seasonally, which everybody knows that they're going to happen at some point in time during the season, but yet they don't, they don't prepare well, yeah, for they, it. Right. They completely ignore it. Um, right. You know, I'm, I'm sitting in, you know, the first week of January in 65 degrees and nobody's worried about anything right now. Right. Um, however, they should be because there's lots of risks. And all the clues that you're lots, giving us, I'm, I'm going to say you're down in the southern part of the United States around a body of ocean. <laughs> I am in the northern Caribbean, sir. Okay. <laughs> I am in the Northern Caribbean. Perfect. Um, yep. So, you know, um, be it as it may, I, I, I'm sitting outside, it's breezy, and I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and that's about it. So, our weather's good. Um, but that doesn't free us from risk, and that doesn't free us from complications. And um, that also um, uh, geographically isolates us from the continental United States in a lot of ways with uh, consideration of just-in-time shipping and other types of uh, man-made problems. Right. So there's that. So that's essentially where the League of Pirates started from. And we continued on that path for a little while until... Brian, do you remember? Do you remember anything when my content switched? Like so many things, it's sort of organic, right? Like, and and by that I mean when you start training guns, you you get your first. Or there's a bunch of ways in. There's a bunch of roads to self ownership, um, and one of them is when you start training with guns and and become responsible for your own protection, and then you realize that oh man. It extends a lot further I, than just a firearm. That's right, and it's 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 all of these things, and so that's you know w w I don't know uh, if you guys have had this experience, but sometimes you'll come across an expert, and you'll want to learn what they're doing, and they've been doing it so long that they don't know how to tell you how to do it because it's in their bones. And it's one real problem with higher education, with college, because the people who are professors are the most talented people, and that makes them terrible teachers. And uh, one of the things that I think Jay experiences, and he's actually a great teacher, so I'm not saying that, but like when you're on this path long enough, the sort of the, dis the boundaries between subjects fade away and you start realizing the vast interconnectivity between the different concepts, and it's one reason that I just love Jay's tagline for is any fate but submission. 
And that's really the goal, right? Is to go the opposite direction from servitude, slavery, and somebody else owning your ass. And so that's, that's absolutely true. Um, uh, that, that tagline, uh, essentially came to me after several months of doing a bunch of reading on lots of different subjects and it, um, it was it wasn't necessarily during a period of guided meditation, but it it, it may have, maybe actually, um, and at the at, at the core of what the League of Pirates is philosophically is uh, directing and guiding an individual mandate, and regardless of where you get your direction from or where it is that you seek guidance from, ultimately you're responsible for your actions. Mm-hmm. And with your guiding principles, that ultimately, from my standpoint, is ultimately all the authority that you need to, to live your life voluntarily and participate how you choose to. Now... Where Brian had alluded to earlier with uh, uh, non-aggression, mm-hmm. um, he, he couldn't have been more articulate in, in describing that because there's a very distinct uh, pattern of behavior that I subscribe to that basically says, listen, I expect you to leave me alone. And in turn... I promise to leave you alone. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, if in in the event that you break that social contract, I'm going to resolve. You know, if if this is the type of thing that needs to resolve itself with violence, well, we, we, we've learned in endless encounters, and um, I'm I'm sure plenty of classes that y'all have collectively taken that violence of action is um is a good course fighting solves everything professor paul markle i love (laughs) paul markle he's one of my homies i really like him he's a great great dude and an excellent father and i i am very 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 excited to see paul in two or two and a half weeks yeah and great health just just beat the shit out of cancer wrote a book about it we had him on a few episodes ago so uh, yeah, definitely. Yes. But, uh, what what you're talking about? You're talking about your non-aggression principle, the NAP, and basically, like you were saying, is like I'll leave you alone if you leave me alone. But if if you try to to impose on me, I'm going to use whatever force necessary to stop it. And 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 I have every right to every absolute right to. Um, there is a There's a couple very well-written documents, um, one of them being the Constitution and the other one being the Ten Commandments. And I I like to think that the Ten and the Ten are two good things that if you live by, you and and your community will be in great shape. You'll be much better off. Absolutely. And if, I absolutely agree. And if you just I live by the golden agree. the golden rule, 
you know, which is kind of like my number one rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh, you know, that's been and my, that's been my guiding light since, you know, I can remember. Absolutely. And there, and there you find your non-aggression pact because exactly. if, and, and there you have it, it's, it's not a very, it's not a complex theory. It's just one that really, really works. It has and been around for s- s- eons. Millennia. Millennia. Wh- <laughs> eons. Whichever's longer, eons or millennia. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't do math. Yeah. You know I mean, I press triggers. I press triggers and do things. Once you get so, past a trillion, uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about. So. <laughs> no, it's like made up numbers, man. It's, you know. Yeah. Unfathomable. Made up. At, at the risk of causing a fight, I'm going to I'm gonna be the contrarian in the room. Uh-oh. Um, well, yeah, you know, actually, I'm following the Israeli principle. I forget the name of it, but if there's 10 people in a room and, nine, and they all agree, it's the duty of the 10th man to disagree. Yes, I'm and, familiar uh, with that, yeah. I, I love that principle. And uh, the only beef that I have with the golden rule is that I was raised extremely liberal. <clears throat> and I talk with liberals still quite a bit because I seek peace over civil war by, by a very large margin, as, as I know all of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, Indeed. And, and uh, there's a very big um, values division there where <clears throat> you know conservatives give to charity at a much greater percentage than liberals. But see, liberals Indeed. don't do taxation as being theft, as being taken involuntarily. I'm not saying that all conservatives view that as theft, but that is a libertarian idea, as certainly conservatives seek to minimize taxation in general. And uh, liberals tend to view, if I can speak generally, tend to view taxes as being outsourced charity, meaning that they're quite happy to give a third of the, or to a half of their income to the government to distribute in, an, in an, what they see as an efficient manner. And so in their mind, uh, they are treating you, us all as they would like to be treated, which is to say, let's get rid of all the guns and let's pay a bunch of taxes and everything will be groovy. And so I modify the, the, um, the golden rule slightly in my own travels in that I try to treat people the way they would like to be treated. And, um, and, and it's slightly... It's slightly, de- and along with NAP, and I, I know I'm being a stickler, but it's a bit, it's something that I'd like to focus on very slightly in this conversation is, is, uh, is the sort of cultural divide that we have in ways that we can find over. Um, but sorry for the digression, but yep, there's my beef. <laughs> okay, well, that's another way to look Uh-oh, at it, yeah. and there's more than one way to look at things, too, you know, and that's, that's good that you bring that up. You're the 10th man. Way to be the 10th man, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. There's... They, and that's know, the great and, thing and about just, this show and, and is, you know, just, we don't look at things one way. You know, that that's that's the critical thinking part of this. You know, I like to bring in different points of view because there are more than one way to look at things. And just because somebody tells you something doesn't mean you should take it as fact. So just because I say, you know, the golden rule doesn't mean that you necessarily need to go and live your life, you know, word for word by the golden rule. So, um critically thinking and we're going to get into that so uh what were you going to say jay because i want to i want you to get into the critical thinking aspect of the you know the ethics part of the league of pirates 
Well, you know, that actually gets into another portion of where League of Pirates is uh, essentially started from. League of Pirates, besides pushing out what I believed at the time to be quality content to students, constituency, and homies, had a partial hobby aspect of my, uh, from my own self-satisfaction of trying to function as a myth buster to commonly dispensed information that was complete and total bullshit but um, widely accepted and I found it to be repugnantly um, disgusting that there was so much content being pushed out on so many channels that not only was unchecked, unverified, and untrue, that I wanted to make fun of it and call it out at the same time. And gotcha. Makes yeah, sense because I mean we all want we all you know we all see that day in and day out. And we're like, how does this how does this even get published? You know? Right. Uh, no, totally agree. And, you know, I mean, clicks and views and getting eyeballs on marketing content is a very real thing. And there are, um, there, there uh, as we're all well aware, there's a, a ton of content that's published, um, you know, day to day that isn't ever actually validated. And I didn't want to just use it as low-hanging fruit to do a drive-by commentary and say, hey, by the way, you know that that's bullshit, right? Yeah. And then not add anything as to why it is that I thought that it was or not inc not include some of the backstory of why it is throw that some facts somebody in there. said something. Yeah. Throw some facts in there because one of the things that I'm not really a big fan of is um, – um, drive-by sarcasm or just talking shit just to talk shit. It's kind of one of my um, favorite things to do, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we love you for it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, if I may and, butt in, Jay, uh, you know, that was one of the things that first left, like you and I were, were friends before you started, like I said, before you started LOP, but um, one yeah. of the things that really made my ears perk up is that I would cruise your content and I would see stuff that you weren't seeing anywhere else. And it was original source material. It was live right. leak stuff. And in order, I don't know if you guys have spent time on, on live leak, but you got to troll through a whole mountain of garbage to get some good stuff and understand the context and make sure that you're not watching the knob Creek machine gun shoot when they say that it's a, a massacre in Turkey, right. which was one of the things that LOP broke first was, hey, guys, this is total BS. And so he's got these really crazy sort of, like I say, original source stuff that's obviously real. And he gets it out before mainstream media. And I, I like to think I'm pretty well informed and listen to a variety of news sources like most conservatives do. But Jay will break stuff before you know ben shapiro does and and he's pretty good and fairly balanced but jay 
Jay adds a, a bleeding edge on top of stuff like Daily Wire that I consider to be really good journalism. And, you know, so, uh, Daily, Daily Wire makes no beef that they've got a slant. Yeah. And great, the great LOP slant is through the sort of nap um, contrarian view. It's not wild conspiracy theories. It's like, hey, this could turn into something. Look out. Pay yeah. attention. Yeah. So, Jay, talk about how... And where you go to get your information? How do you come about uh, your your information and and verify it and know that it's actual legitimate, real stuff? Well, that into itself is not a tight little compartmentalized, easily consumable, single serve package size thing. Um, that's kind of an ongoing constant process and you have to apply a great deal of critical thinking um, and filtering of information to be able to do that mm -hmm. um, one of the one of the, the one of the ways to explain this for the armed citizen, or citizen defender, um, like my friend Todd would say, is that what, what we learned in the preparedness community is that, or one of the things that I like to think that some of us in the preparedness community have learned is that it's absolutely fantastic to have a bunch of shit at your house and not have to rely on this on the supermarket or the Costco, or, you know, the gun shop, that you know that you are good to go and that you can, um, you know, hold it down yeah. within Prepper. reason-ish. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah I don't mentality. like to use that word. Well, yeah, I don't like that just, word. Just, but, to, but, just, but, just for comparison so people will understand what you're talking about, I mean, that's what, you know, being prepared for the... Uh, being prepared for the un... What's the word I'm looking for? unknown yeah being prepared for the unknown you know and, right. and I, I see you nothing know. wrong with prepper i think well, probably what you don't prepared. like is is the mainstream connotation of prepper and what the discovery channel or history channel made it out to be um, well, yeah i don't like that you know yeah, I don't like that but again all. begin um, it, it's our job to to say you know that's not what a prepper is you know it's being prepared you know that's just short that, term well, for a prepper is you know someone who wants to be prepared for the unknown. Well, you know, there's a, there's a, a really good re another resource out there um, called the survival podcast a guy named Jack Spearco runs it. And he also bridles at the term prepper. And uh, his reasoning is it's called being a responsible adult. Mm -hmm. And I, yes. I suspect that that's at the core of Jay's beef and I'll, I'll be quiet now. Well, if you're, <laughs> yeah. if you're preparing, then you're being a responsible adult. So I see nothing wrong with using the word, you know, prepper or being prepared, you know, whatever it may be, but yes, being a responsible human being, not even an adult, you know, it's teaching your kids these principles as well. Uh, so uh, I, I, I don't really see your problem with the word prepper other than, you know, the mainstream media has made it out to be, a you know maybe a negative connotation but it's our our duty and our responsibility as always uh, you know if they're misusing terms uh to correct them or that so 
I'm good with that. Continue. So, thank you, sir. <laughs> so, what do you call it? Just a response? Just being a, a a responsible human being? I just call it a dude. I'm a dad, man. I'm a dude. I'm there a you dad. go. Perfect. Perfect. I'm a dad. I'm down with I'm that. I'm a dad that'll that'll do things and handle things and and make risk potentially go away. That's what that's a, that's what I do. Um, so you've got all your stuff and you have we'll pretend a decent amount of training in all of your stuff and we'll pretend to do that okay we'll pretend to say that in an ideal However, world yeah in a very ideal world um yeah there's that so anyways um it's great that you can turn the weather channel on and see that you got a hurricane coming, you got a couple of days, and you know what you got to do. However, there are things that happen in this world that are not going to give you advance notice. Mm-hmm. And when it comes time to allocate resources to mitigate your local risks, you are at a significant disadvantage if you do not understand your local terrain. And those are the questions that I started asking myself um, after reading some really high quality um, material by a dude named Samuel Culper, who um, Spell wrote a, 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 um, a S-A-M-U-E-L-C-U-L-P-E-R. Um, he has an outstanding project that he calls... His project is called Ford Observer. That is what I would consider to be everybody's starting point for wanting to know about open source intelligence gathering for the average dude or dudette that wants to understand how to filter data in this cross stream of massive broadband that we experience. Okay, and that's um, a book, or what? what is that, a website? He, um, actually, it's several things. He does, um, he does a podcast. He does um, uh, uh, fireside chats on the, on the tube. Okay. Um, he's a writer, and he has a subscription service on his website, um, and he also teaches classes okay. in this sorts of thing. Gotcha. Um, is he like a college so professor, or does I, he just do his own? No. Of- no, he, he he's a dude who um, is a, uh, he, he's a dude. Um, he's a young guy. He's he, he's a young man. He's a, he's in in his young third in his early thirties. Okay. Um, however, he was an intelligence officer in the army and actually did the real thing. And he has a way of explaining this um, that that's just fantastic um I, I i i would feel remiss if i didn't mention him uh when speaking about open source intelligence for armed armed citizens preppers the prepared dads dudes single moms that responsible you know, human do beings think <laughs> yeah all of them, right yeah. um so i i again i i, I would say I, his name I feel again like i would be remiss samuel Culper. Samuel Culper. So a great starting point for 
our listeners, if you want to get a leg up on uh, oh, it's, open source intelligence. Okay, and when you say open source is, intelligence, what do you mean by that? Okay, so the internet is more than these couple of veneers that we all experience. And if you are able to tap into the vast array of information that is available for free on the internet, you can learn all kinds of shit. And, but to do that, you have to put your emotions to the side and you have to open your eyes and you have to open your ears and you have to quantify and you have to quantify your data. And by that, what Which, do you mean? What I mean by that is, is just because you see something, that does not necessarily mean that the thing that you're seeing is going to match what you are looking for. Because there, there's a thing called confirmation bias, mm-hmm. which basically refers to if, if I'm a hammer, everything starts looking like a nail. <laughs> That's a good and, good example. I like that. Yeah. And one of the things when I'm looking for specific information, right, um, I can look at something, and I'm not always right. Sometimes I'm wrong. That happens. Everybody, it, it, it's just how it is. It, it's it, it, it's the nature of these things um, because there is a, a very real thing called mis and dis information um, and various forms of propaganda that that, that we are all subjected to. Um, day in and day you know, out by both sides. Day in and day out. Of the right um, and the argue- left. Absolutely. Um, it's it's um Because everybody it's, has it's, an it's agenda binary. and everybody it, wants you bin- to, to believe what they believe. Absolutely binary. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know... Um, I pay attention to a few things and then sometimes I just stumble across things that I find that are just like super interesting that I think that, um, some of my viewers or, um, uh, other people that follow me, mm-hmm. um, may, may find to be of interest. And let's, um, let's take one and, for, for, uh, an example, just recently, uh, you know, obviously everybody's aware of the Iranian, uh, controversy that we got going on right now where, uh, and we talked about it earlier. Trump took out uh, what was his name? Quesadilla Suleimani. Yeah, Quesadilla yeah, Suleimani. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah, you yeah. Could, yeah, you could just call him Solomon because his last name actually just translates to Solomon. I just call him uh-huh. dead. But uh, anyway, yeah, you could call him bad dude. You you were making some posts related to that, and that we're building up to that, and you're like, hey. You know, here's some stuff that's going on that you're not really paying attention to that you probably should pay attention to uh, that's going to lead to some things. So, so let's let's use that as an example. Those your most recent post. Uh, um, which one? That flag one? Is cool. that the one that you're referring to? Oh, no, you made several. You, you made several posts yeah. of uh, the... Um, so after we bombed his ass... And killed him. All the people, you know, all the protesters, supposed protesters, you know, the millions of Iranians that oh, came out. Yeah, that was gnarly. And of course, yeah, that was totally a, gnarly. All right, so 
But there was a reason why they were all out there. They weren't out there of their own free will. A lot of them. Uh, they, uh, um, they mostly were not. They were, they were mostly coerced. How you know? Um, were they all? No. Uh, were a lot of them? Probably, um, because under under the theocracy that's being imposed on the good people of Iran, actually, um, because there's actually two governments in Iran. One's horrible. And one is totally laissez-faire, lame duck. Um, so, but I did find it massively impressive um, how many people at, were actually at this parade. Um, yeah. And you know, so and it was I'm, impressive, I'm but it was done. Uh, it was done for a spectacle. You know, it was totally um, fabricated by their uh, their government. Whoever is total running total propaganda, total propaganda, yeah, total propaganda, yeah, total propaganda, and and define um, that word for us too, propaganda, because um, I think you've got an interesting. It was either you or Brian who has an interesting. Uh, I mean, actually, it's just really what propaganda means. Because when when people hear propaganda, you know, when somebody tells me propaganda, I'm thinking I'm getting fed a line of bullshit. That's what propaganda means to me. Well, uh, th- that that may or may not be true, depending upon your perspective. But propaganda is essentially just somebody trying to convince you of something. That marketing. It's basically just marketing. Yeah, yeah. That that's actually one of the the things that that Jay and I connected on early on is um and and I may I may irritate some Ayn Rand fans out there, but but there's one. It, it's more prevalent in in conservative circles than liberal. Uh, but this idea of objectivism, you know, Ayn Rand kind of came up with this idea that there is one universal truth. And if you work hard enough, you can find it. And that is not my experience um, or my I, I do not believe that 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 is how humans actually work. And um, that that we're experiencing the world through our own eyeballs, with our own brains, through our own cultures. And a lot of it is genetic and a lot of it is cultural, you know, political preference is up to 50% genetic. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, Scott, help me out, Dilbert, Scott Adams wrote a brilliant book called Win Bigly that was on the, the psychology and persuasion techniques that Trump uses. And he has, his introductory chapter is called Two Movies, One Screen. And um, his contention is that on election night 2016, half of the country saw the next Hitler being inaugurated and the other half saw, and I'm paraphrasing here, saw a giant pulsating middle finger to the leftist bullshit that we've been having to put up with. Not, not that I have an opinion on which side is, is correct. He says, so clearly half of the country was acting irrational, but which half? And his answer is both halves. And he has a very convincing argument to be made that we make decisions and then make excuses for why we made those decisions later on. And so truth is a very slippery and fickle thing. And um, it, it's, it takes a lot of work to build up. One thing I like to do is called steel manning, where I try and take straw manning is, is where, you know, we just say that all liberals are libtards and they're evil and stupid, but that's half the country. And it doesn't make sense that half the country is evil. And I don't care which half you're talking about. You know, we're mostly good people. 
but there are vastly different views about what's going on. And so I like to try to use a technique called steel manning, where I take the strongest arguments of my opponents and try not to make them opponents, but of other folks who I don't agree with. And I try and see their, their way just to see if it, the, the, the usefulness of that is, is knowing, making sure that, that I'm not just being a blowhard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a way of testing your own arguments. And that and goes back to what we're talking about. That, it, that is an exercise in critical thinking. Absolutely. That is absolutely an exercise in critical thinking. Absolutely. And it's one that everyone should should exercise. You know, it's ever it's something that everybody should use and, and continue because this is great. I love this. Still manning. Um, I yeah, so there's a an interesting thing that I'll back up on a little bit. Um there's a bunch of psychological techniques that I only or effects that I only learned about recently, and I think Jay's pretty facile with a lot of them. One that I've come to hear about and what always confused me is this idea of cognitive dissonance, which people throw around a lot, but don't really have a, it's hard to really wrap your arms around. Jordan Peterson has a, a method of describing it where in our minds are maps of reality. We make a map of reality in our minds and we have a model that helps us to make sense of the world in our brains. And and if you think about that on a on a cellular level, and we don't really understand all of this and you get to religion pretty quickly. But one thing that is clear is that we make neural connections and that there's this massively interconnected web of cells in our brains that somehow store this information. And one thing that's clear is that cognitively, it's really expensive in terms of brain energy to build these models. And when we're wrong and when we have a bad model, it's a really big deal. And sometimes it's such a big deal that we ignore reality and say that white is black um, so that we don't have to tear down our entire model of how the world works. Right. And um, that's a, it goes with confirmation bias, which Jay was explaining earlier. And I like that, that Peterson description um, because what it tells me is, that I can either have one model for the world that's pretty robust, but I can be massively wrong sometimes. Or I can build like five models for the world and pretend to be five different people, which I think is neurologically more accurate as to how we actually are. And I can try and and have a bunch of different models that work pretty good and try and get better at flipping between models. And, um, I probably spend way more time thinking about it than I should, which is actually <laughs> constructing new neural nets, right, mm-hmm. to do this. But it's a hell of a lot of fun. And even if you only build two, you know, if you just try to build another map for how things work, that's really winning. Um, and if if you're a liberal and you try and build a conservative map, that's pretty cool. And if you're conservative and you try and tr- build a liberal map, that's cool. You know, either way. But you know, and um, that and it's as easy as that. As you know, if you are a a hard left or you're a hard right um, proponent, either way, if you would just take take the opportunity to look at the other side and just try to put yourself in their shoes. Now, I'm bringing this down to a very basic level, you know. Uh, that's going to help you build that additional model that you know doesn't exist in your mind. It's going to help you understand things maybe um, more on your side as to why you you feel that way or you think that way. Um, yep. And 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 I want to make sure that I I'll, I'll leave you with one more principle here before I shut up for a minute. But yeah. 
This one's really critical and it's called the double bind. And every parent listening to this knows how to use the double bind really well, but you don't know that you're doing it. If you've got your three-year-old and they won't brush their teeth uh, for bedtime, what do you do? You say you can use the red toothbrush or the blue toothbrush. And the kid's like, I'm going to use the blue toothbrush. And you're like, good job. And they very happily brush their teeth. And what happened there is this principle called the double bind, where if you give people a choice, it doesn't even matter if they want one of the, if both of the choices suck, they'll still pick one and think that they made a decision for themselves. When reality, (laughs) they did exactly what you wanted. And there are certainly some nefarious forces at play. Notice I said red toothbrush and blue toothbrush. <laughs> right. Certainly. It's like an electing president or something. It, it, it's almost like that. You know, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who's maybe the most evil person in Florida, recently was quoted when asked about superdelegates. You know, Bert, uh, Bernie, I'm not a fan of Bernie, like, in any way. But that guy got screwed in 2016, like, really hard. And it oh, was yeah. because of Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And what she said when asked about superdelegates and if they were Democratic was, well, we don't want people who aren't party regulars deciding who the nominee is. Hmm. And Mm -hmm. so the machine decides who the blue team is putting forward. And that's what pissed the Republican, you know, the the Republican machine off so much was that Trump was not on their menu of options. All right. And he, and he hacked the system and, uh, you know, it was supposed to be somebody else. And, and, and I'm glad that the system got riled up and, and I, well, I want to be careful because I, I'm the first one to shit all over government. However, it's a miracle that it works as well as it does. And we've made it as long as we have. So I do want oh, to longest, take a longest in history, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's it's amazing. And, uh, you know, Jordan Peterson has that other rule. Put your own house in perfect order before you criticize the world. (laughs) Well, and that's my alternate model is that I try to watch the amount that I that I talk smack about the current systems and uh, and also give thanks that we don't have to worry about roving Somali pirates taking our daughters. You know, like we got it really good here. Super good. And and so with that, um, I mean, I think that gives us a very good idea of what the League of Pirates is about. But is there anything else that you want to add, Jay, as to what what you guys are really about, what you're trying to accomplish, where you're headed? In all reality, that that largely does summarize philosophically what we're about and the types of things that we gravitate towards for our content in the future because this thing is uh, really starting to snowball. We're going to be opening it up to larger uh, or actually smaller issues within these issues so that we can all gain a better understanding of exactly what it is that we have going on in this country. Um, I'm not concerned about the world. Um, I'm concerned about my local area and my county and my state and my union. That's that's why I'm not so concerned about, you know, uh, 
universal or global issues at this time. And, you know, I'm not going to say that it, you know, that, that that's off limits because, well, I don't really have any limits, but I, I, I would prefer to keep the focus on what, th what, what things are going on that influence me as an individual. That you have locally. direct control over at this point. Or, or that I have direct access mm -hmm. to, um, right. because I'm not convinced that I really have any control over anything, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that ego plays a big role in what we think we have control over. Yeah. Um, but, but we have, uh, we have tools and thoughts that we can use to mitigate the effects of things that attempt to control us. And with that, those, those are the things that I'm looking to enhance and to continue to work on personally and assist others in that path. Mm -hmm. Because if you are deciding to prepare for bad days and if you are wanting to learn how to use your weapon better or to learn how to use a weapon at all, um, you have to have a compass. And I seek to have the League of Pirates be that compass. And that's the point. So whether it be using open source intelligence, taking classes, having discussions, and pointing out things, those are all th th those all will fall under the umbrella of League of Pirates Actual. So uh, give your give your contact information. Where can people go and? Uh, learn more about the League of Pirates, start following the League of Pirates. Uh, and I'm assuming, you know, you're talking about classes and questions and where people can get in touch with you if they have questions. If, if you're offering training courses, where can they go and get all this information? We just spun up the website at theleagueofpirates.com. That website's up. It's running, it's functioning. Um, you can contact us um, through the contact button there. All of our con uh, all of our other ancillary information is also on that website. We're on Facebook. Again, the same, The League of Pirates on Facebook and also Instagram, theleagueofpirates.com. Or sorry, yeah, Instagram, whatever Instagram is. Um, At The League of Pirates. Yeah, at at yeah at the League of Pirates. I'm smart like that. Um, <laughs> our <laughs> our content is different on each one of those channels. Um, Interesting. Okay. In, um, well, I I, I don't want to look at the same stuff when I go to people's. Um, you know, like our Facebook um, has slightly different content than what you'll find on the Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that is also different than what you'll find in full length blogs on the website. Gotcha. So uh, and, where, and wherever, wherever you click, you, 
you'll find the same types of information, but you, but you will not find all the same links on gotcha. or, or all the same exact du uh, duplicate content on each of those channels. Okay. So what and you're the saying is they need to follow Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, go to your website. They're going to get, get varying information on all these sites. So you can't just follow exactly. Instagram and expect you're getting all the information. So, uh, go because follow you're on, not. Yeah, Absolutely go not. follow them yes, on sir. all those uh, all those platforms. So, um, and as like you said, this is just starting up. It's going to evolve. It's going to grow. Um, if you if is there memberships in this, or I mean, uh, is it just basically right now just following kind of stuff? Um, I do not do paywalls, and there is no Patreon or anything of that sort. Um, okay. The way that we work is we work off of capitalism. So I guess what I'm asking is, how do I become a pirate? <laughs> <laughs> if I want to become a pirate, how do I become a pirate? So I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be the hype man for a minute. Okay, Jay thanks. has <laughs> some of the most wonderful artistic and sarcastic and shit posty type of content on his uh, store. He has a, a flag. Uh, you can fly the flag. We fly one here, and uh, they got shirts. Um, they the have. Flag. Yeah, yeah. the The flag is amazing. We fly it here, and um, there's also some pretty great content with like RPGs and stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so go help my brother out there and and buy a flag and a shirt, and literally fly the flag for uh, for LOP here. So I want a pirate name. Brian and I have talked about this. We want pirate names, Jay. What's our pirate names? You should have a, a pirate name generator on your website. <laughs> pirate name generator. Really? That'd be awesome. Um, uh, maybe we'll do pirate names of the month, and we can and we can pick names unique to various countries of origin. So... Why don't we start with Somali pirates for this month? So uh, I'll assign you Somali names. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man. And I'll and I'll and I'll post it on on your Facebook. Okay, <laughs> that'll be perfect. I love that. Very good. All right, guys, make sure you follow Jay at The League of Pirates at all the social medias and uh, their website. Go get that swag. Support them. Uh, we're going to have Jay on, uh, I'm sure, many, many more episodes to come this year. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to use him as a, a major source for, uh, of course, you know, we don't talk politics on this show. This is probably the most politics that I've ever talked uh, combined in seven years. Uh, in this one show, uh, but uh, definitely looking forward to having you on uh, in upcoming episodes. I can't wait. Let's talk choppers. Hells yeah, absolutely. So now um, it's time for a giveaway. You guys down for a giveaway? Heck yeah. Let's reward some yeah, lead heads. Let's do a giveaway. Let's, let's reward some lead heads here as I'm moving my microphone around. Uh, getting situated. So, as I mentioned uh, in the beginning of the show, last episode, we had Rob Manning on, and Rob uh, has written the Glock Reference Guide, 2nd Edition. He was also invited to Glock's Grand Unveiling 
of their new G44, their 22LR, uh, which, you know, again, you get half the people loved it, half the people hated it. Uh, it's kind of down the middle, which is, uh, you know, anytime Glock releases something, you get that. But he did a, a video on his YouTube, and we asked that you go to that video, watch the video, like and subscribe to uh, to his YouTube channel, and then go to his Instagram and subscribe to his Instagram or follow it, whatever you do on Instagram. And there was a post there, and you were supposed to put your your comments for the question that we asked. Uh, and I think it was what was his uh, what feature did he like most about the twenty two LR? Uh, you were supposed to uh, to answer that. So I'm going to go to that post now, and it looks like there was about. Let me refresh it. Looks like we've got about. I don't know, 15 or so comments here. Let's see. There's, and don't count mine. So there's, and don't count Rob's. There's, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight. All right. So between Brian or Jay, who's got a random numberizer thingy, my bobber? I'll pull one up here. Okay. Okay, we've got eight comments. Is that right? What's the number? What's our talk? Okay, hold. All right, I got number one here. Number one. All right, so going down, and this is as of uh, us recording this. I know I've had some people in the past when I've announced winners, they've gone through and counted, and they're like, hey, I was that number. Uh, well, it depends on when you commented, and it pushes people's things down. So at, uh, at this point in time, we've got... Uh, Jerry Black as number one. John Adams the third is number two. Uh, oh, great name. <laughs> him Himiramus H E M I R A M S S whatever the hell that is. KJ four R M Z. Giddy up. Navy vet patriot. Uh, Deer fisherman. And Austin Whalen. In that order, that's our eight. So, and you said number one, and that was Jerry Black. So, Jerry Black, you have won yourself one of our uh, Mission First Tactical Talking Lead um, Tactical Wallets. So, do another randomizer there, because we're going to give away, I've got three more of these to give away. Well, if, if I may, and, and this will be sandbagging, but... I'm almost positive John Adams III is one of my customers and is a Virginia-based patriot who is doing a lot of work in that field. And so if you could throw my homeboy one of those three, um, that would be super cool. We'll give him the AK corner one. Awesome. He'll uh, get that. And and he's a longtime leadhead, and John wins a lot of stuff. So does Jerry. I mean, all of our leadhead, we, we uh, reward everyone. So we got two more. Let's... Uh, I got number Hold on a second. So, so he's a Virginian? I believe so, and and uh, and also quite active in the Virginia movement there. And one um, of my customers. Well, said, he's a 1775 buyer. Is All right, well, because he's a Virginian, uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'll send him a flag. Awesome. Nice. Look at there. Bonus. Bonus, John. Good job. All right, so two more. We got two more of these to give away. I got number five. All right, so let me count. 
One, two, three, four, five is Giddy Up. Giddy Up, you get a wallet. And we got one more. Number three. So number three, one, two, three. That's the Him Er Ams. H E M I R A M S S. Let me click on that, see if it gives me. Stuart Sampson. So, I don't know what you're trying to do with your name there, Stuart, but uh, you win a wallet. So, you guys, all our winners, shoot me an email, talkinglet at gmail.com, and say um, tactical wallet winner, something along those lines in the subject, and uh, give me your contact info, and then... um, who was it that's getting the flag? Uh, John Virginia. Adams. Yep. John Adams, uh, I will forward your, and make me a little note when you send it to me, I'll forward your info on to Jay, and he'll hook you up with a flag. So very cool. We took care of a lot of you leadheads there. Uh, thank you for participating, as always. And we got more to give away. We got more giveaways coming. The CP33 from Caltech is still on the agenda. I uh, just talked to them a little bit earlier this week. Um, they've just been covered up, trying to get ready for SHOT Show, the holidays, all that. It just kind of got pushed to the back burner. Uh, apologize about that, but we are going to be giving away the uh, CP33. So that's still going to be up for grabs. And, and then, of course, it's a new year. We've got to thank all of our wonderful sponsors, our new sponsor for the 2020, Fioki Ammunition. So big thanks to Fioki. We're going to be talking uh, to those guys at SHOT Show. Um, Keltec, again, they're a big sponsor of Talking Lead, have been for a while, big supporters of the show. Greatly appreciate their support. Uh, you may be seeing us uh, at one of the big events at their booth after SHOT Show. Not going to say which one that is, uh, but we're working on some stuff with them. Uh, and then, of course, Century Arms, of the uh, Talking Lead AK Corner presenting sponsors, Occam Defense Solutions, just huge supporters of Talking Lead. We appreciate everything that you do for the show, Brian, uh, all the contributions that you're making uh, with the content, the guest, and then, of course, cranking out those awesome ODS 1775 AKs. If you guys want a well-built, probably the best-built uh, modern American AK-47. It's from Occam Defense. And you got pistols out now too, right? We do. Yeah, we're actually building some. I got guys working. It's, gosh, 8.30 right now at night. And I got a couple of my guys cranking them out as we speak, actually. We're doing a, a run of pistols for uh, our first pre-order customers on on the pistol side of things. Very cool. And if they want to get in line for that, uh, what do they need to do? Go to OccamDefense.com, plunk down $200 deposit. You'll get a uh, um, an email from us and some contact info. We make sure we're going to build exactly what you want. Um, about a couple weeks before your gun's ready, we invoice you for the final amount and then ship you your very own rifle. Every rifle has your, you know, when you buy a rifle from us, when it gets built, your name is on that kit. It's like a you know, thumbprint. It's, it's specific it's to you. Print. 
Yep. And so we don't build, we, we don't just pump them out. Um, we build these as life support equipment. And uh, so your name is in our, our thoughts when we're building this thing. We take that very seriously. Very good. Uh, Mission First Tactical, if you weren't one of the lucky recipients uh, of one of our tactical wallets or the dump trays, of course, I didn't give any dump trays away this time, but uh, you can go to Mission First Tactical, and uh, they have the, the wallets and the dump trays there. Uh, and these aren't just like stickers on these things. This is like uh, injected into the molding. So you could scratch this stuff, throw it in mud, dirt, and that logo is still going to stay on there, be nice and shiny and crisp. And, uh, you know, these are made from, from like a Kydex material. Uh, very tough material. Like the, they make wallets. Uh, and then, of course, they've got furniture for AKs and, uh, well, for ARs. And uh, we're trying to get them to start doing some AK furniture and stuff again. They used to do it. But check them out, Mission First Tactical. We're going to have some limited edition SHOT Show uh, wallets and dump trays uh, at SHOT Show. So if you leadheads are going to be there, make sure you tr come by the booth. Uh, and if we've got some, we'll try to hook you up. We're going to have shirts from Dis Dipstick Hydrographics. Uh, and then, of course, Buck Knives is going to be the official lead quarters for the 2020 SHOT Show. And uh, we're going to have some custom knives from Buck Knives. It's going to have the Talking Lead logo in there, Mission First Tactical, uh, and buck knives and then we've got some other special cool knives that uh, are going to be made up special just for shot show and twisted x the official footwear of talking lead for the 2020 shot show uh, make sure you guys go visit twisted x and welcome them aboard as an official sponsor of the talking lead podcast and modern spartan systems don't just clean your firearms optimize them with modern spartan systems line of cleaning solutions and of course they've got that tvt engine oil additive I just got the lead sled back out of the shop, fixed, running, put new shoes on her. She's running great. And uh, I'm at almost, I'm at like 318,000 miles right now. So she's been down for a couple of months, hadn't been able to, to run the lead sled, uh, but uh, got her up and running and filled her up with the PBT engine oil additive and uh, plan on putting another 300,000 miles on the lead sled. Oh, and then, of course, the uh, Talking Leddies, uh, the Evil Black Assault Mugs. Don't be a snowflake. Get your Talking Letty better than a Yeti at uh, Dipstick Hydrographics also. You can go pick those up if you haven't picked them up yet. And there's different color variations nowadays. So we added a little variety so they're not just black. There's some silver ones and green ones and I think some other colors. So go there and check those out too. That's how we bring the show to you each and every week. Just like we did last season, season six, I think we did uh, close to 60 episodes last year. So I plan on cranking out even more this year, uh, and it's going to be because of the support of great companies uh, like all the companies I just uh, mentioned. Go and show them the Leadhead Brigade love. Go buy their products. Use the discount codes. We're going to be hitting you guys with awesome discount codes for the new year coming up from all these companies and more. So stay tuned. Brian, Jay, thank you guys so much for an awesome show. Way to kick off the 2020 year with our uh, Season 7, man. Thank you, guys. Congrats. Uh, thank really you, sir. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. And as always, lead heads, keep your loved ones close. And your ODS 1775 closer. And any fate is better than submission. <laughs> <laughs>